Hello everybody, uh, you're very welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network, brought to you by Wildcard Distribution, um, Octavid.com and Film Equipment Store. Really, really cool people, being really, really supportive, which we very much appreciate. Um, as always, if you'd like to support the show, or FNI in general, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. And for all uh, FNI shenanigans, you can go to wearefni.com to see what we're up to. Hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first pot of Rooney. And since then, I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels here and there all over the world, including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Mertza, Aidan Gillen and Kocha Reardon. But loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell including the sadly no longer with us Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drogheda Homeless Aid, Christine Volset, a Norwegian singer-documentary maker who ended up hanging out with the young lads in their city Dublin and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell, and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's... Potteroni. today by somebody who I know a little bit, but I wanted to know a little bit more about, so that's why we invited uh, Paddy Baggett in today. How are you doing? I'm good. How's it going? Welcome to FNI Rap Chat. Thanks very much. Congratulations on your Best Film Award at the Warford Film Festival, literally days ago. Yeah, literally, yeah, two days ago. Uh, thanks, yeah, yeah. It was, very, um, it was very surprising and like a welcome surprise, but I, yeah, I got a text from French and aid saying, amazing, congratulations. And I was like, all right, wonder what that's about. <laughs> what, did lockdown get lifted or something? Yeah, yeah, I wonder what that's about. And then I was like, did, I, did we win Waterford? And I checked their Instagram and they hadn't, didn't have it updated on Instagram yet. And I was like, oh, she must have meant to text somebody else. And just, you liar. And I literally just went back to watching the film. Yeah. And then I got a bunch of texts and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I should probably check this out. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, again, completely unexpected because I watched a bunch of shorts on the over the weekend at Waterford and like the standard was you know the standard was really high so it kind of makes the win that bit extra special because it's mm-hmm. you know you, you know you're up against some real contenders I guess yeah, um, yeah. So. good filmmakers uh, such as yourself it's 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 wonderful to see I think it's a just tonally um because I've seen the short as well I think it's a great piece of work it's just a and particularly um during this time it's um a, a wonderful tonic you know, it's just a great, yeah. fun, very well-made short film. Yeah, so about about living through a, a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About being, uh, basically about being locked down, but about not being able to go outside. It's just the perfect it's short like, film. It's like we knew. Um, yeah, it's it's really fantastic. And it's written by a mutual friend of ours, Keen uh, McGarrigal. Um, so it's great. Uh, I might kind of go back to the start and kind of ask you um, 
when did filmmaking force make an impression on you? Or when did you now you're a proper cinephile? When did yeah. it like when did you when did when's your first recollection of kind of film in your life? And then I suppose when did you know you wanted to be a filmmaker? Um so I'm I'm from uh a from County Limerick. Um my dad's a farmer, my mum's a teacher, and uh so there's no there's no artist or anybody in my family. But for some reason, and I'm the oldest, and for some reason, when I was six, I wanted to be an animator. Mm. And then at 10, I think it was 10, and I saw Jurassic Park. <laughs> or I, I didn't, it was my first cinema experience was Jurassic Park. Right. And I didn't even watch it. I actually had to leave. I couldn't handle it. So I watched like 10 minutes of it. The minute the, minute the scary dinosaurs turned up, I was like, oh, I get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but after watching that, I was like, I, I either want to be a filmmaker or I want to do special effects makeup. Mm-hmm. So they were, when I was 10, I was like, filmmaker or special effects, but I'm working in film. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. So basically, it was, since it, was the ma- it was literally the magic of it. You, wanted, you knew you wanted to be involved in some sort of, of that sense of Yeah, play. I think the escapism as well, because again, like I'm growing up, you know, relatively isolated. Um, right. uh, this was, you know, the early 90s. There wasn't as many, you know, access to cars wasn't as, as easy. Like we had one car mm. in our family. I grew up in, like literally in the countryside. My neighbor was my cousin. My friends didn't live nearby. Right. Um, summertime was just spent with me either working with my dad or else just like wandering fields on my own. No mobile phones. So mm. I read books, I drew pictures and I watched cartoons and films. And that was basically my all of my life was just yeah. living kind of this kind of world of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. But so it's not uncommon that directors would have spent, particularly on this show that we've had on, spent, tend to sp- in childhood have spent, uh, or, and writers as well in particular, ha- have had to entertain themselves a lot when they yeah. were kids. So, you know, the stories of people we've had on who, you know, they're quite literally pulling the kitchen apart, making sets. Or doing stuff with their action figures, and were you one of those kids? Yeah, Spielberg and the, you know, their their toy soldiers and stuff. Yes, I mean, and and Spielberg would have been a massive influence early on. Spielberg and animation—they were the two things. Like Disney and Don Bluth. Um, even though I didn't really know who Don Bluth was at the time, but I knew that like Disney and, uh, oh no, that's that's incorrect because a, a, a babysitter, her brother worked for Don Bluth Studios, and like that poor girl. I just like bombarded her with questions every night that she was babysitting us as a child. I was just bombarding her with like, and what about this? And what about this? And who does that? And you know, and she didn't know because she was a she was a fucking architect. <laughs> she was like, I don't know, but I'll ask my brother. Stop talking now, please, and leave me alone. Tell me, no, no, how do they do that? But yeah, no, me, me and a friend of mine um, had very similar interests, and we got cameras. You know, we badgered our parents to get a camera, mm-hmm. and we used to do stop motion animation and do like. Um, we had a whole list of characters that we'd made up ourselves that we used to kind of like make animated adventures for. Um, I roped my cousins into doing films when they visited. Um, I think I I wrote what I consider to be probably the world's first and only uh, rural superhero film <laughs> called The Guardian. Brilliant. But I didn't get. I didn't finish it. It's the you know the great thing back then is like it's full of imagination, but not 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 great at a. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your uh, who would have been your kind of based on your work now I'm curious to know who kind of um, specifically might have influenced you when you got a little bit older mm. um, 
did you like it, do you see yourself doing different genres and stuff um as as the as time progresses or is there one particular kind of area you want to focus on as you go forward um is it like because there's and I, I don't take this the wrong way but there's yeah. a certain quirkiness yeah and a st- stylistically yeah, yeah visually interesting um yeah. you know kind of tone to your work um is, uh do you where, where do you see yourself kind of going yeah no definitely i i i um who knows in the future, but right now it's definitely more kind of comedy, dark comedy, um, and then maybe dark comedy genre stuff, so dark comedy horror, dark comedy sci-fi. Uh, yeah, like when I when I kind of got older, I, I remember going into film school, um, and I went in at 23, so a lot, of, a lot of my classmates were like 17, 18, and, you know, I was talking about like American Werewolf in London and the films of John Landis and Evil Dead 2 as being massive influences, and a lot of the people that were in college with me, especially Evil Dead 2, I was like, well, any, everybody who wants to make movies was influenced mm-hmm. by Evil Dead 2. And then I went to college and a lot of people weren't, which kind of blew my mind because they were into different things. But uh, yeah, Evil Dead 2 and, and American Werewolf was probably a good starting a starting point for where I... So and, and cartoons. And actually, you know what I realized as well not so long ago was The Muppets was a massive influence on me. <laughs> uh, so when... W- when, like when you, when 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 you enter kind of film school, um, how difficult was the transition from these you know you, these like huge kind of vats of ideas that you have, and then you go into an environment where they you know you're you're being tested, you're being questioned in terms of your ideas and where you want to go with them and stuff, and how hard is it to stay kind of steadfast to be the type of filmmaker that you want to be because in film school everybody's vying for top spot and to be the director and stuff so was there an a, was there an element of you kind of working your way up and jobbing around doing different bits to kind of get to where you wanted wh- where you wanted to be and maybe where you are now running your yeah, own company i guess i mean when i moved to dublin i you know i immediately like i started volunteering at the film festival mm-hmm. and you know, started doing, because I didn't know anybody up here, so I started looking around to see if there's any film clubs or, you know, trying to get involved. So I ended up doing uh, quite a lot of shorts, like working on as crew on shorts before I got to school at all um, in various departments, in art department and lighting and camera and all these different areas. And, um, yeah, kind of when I went to, to, to film school, yeah, it was a weird one. In, in, in year one, I was very determined. I was like, director, know what I'm about, know what I want to do. And then, you know, I, I don't know what happened. Like I had a crisis of faith or something, and I ended up doing diff- a lot of different things, which ended up kind of, I guess, muddying the water. I mean, in hindsight, it was great because it meant that I got a whole kind of wide gamut of um, skill sets and, and, you know, got to taste, you know, got at least an idea of what everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of came out of film school a little bit lost. So it kind of took a little bit of time um, to get back on my feet to doing, you know, directing and writing. Because uh, I came out of film school and started working in art department for five years. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it was it was a weird one. Um, I know I know people like friends and peers who went in and were like day one I'm going to be a director, and they you know day finished day last they were like I'm a director still. Mm-hmm. And I went in. I'm going to be a director, and then I was like, oh, "Why would I be a director?" And oh, what about all this and all these other people? And and snakes I, ladder, snakes ladder. Yeah, snakes and ladder. I think I think also part of it was, 
you know, the kind of movies that I'm I'm into, it's kind of they're kind of a weird mashup of things because I like I like I love B movies and I love horror and uh, but but at the same time, you know, quite a lot of them are, um, you know, kinetic and vibrant films, but they're not exactly very deep. So the stuff that I was in, in college was people that were, you know, were watching or into like more quote unquote worthy films. Oh, okay. Not then that's my quote unquote, because I was like, uh, I think I just started feeling intimidated or I started feeling like I I didn't have a great film education. So I went from being somebody who was like had this head full of trivia and knowledge about movies yeah. to now all of a sudden I have 29 peers who are all the equal and often the better of me in terms of like how much they know. And so there was a little bit of that, I think, going on. Yeah, but surely you realize that, you know, palettes are just different, but, taste, you know, their taste or nobody's taste in, in cinema is better than anybody else. No, completely. Yeah. Everybody has a guilty pleasure. Yeah. You know, everybody has a favorite genre film, a different type of genre film. It must have been difficult as well, particularly in this country, because now, Screen Ireland are a lot better now, yeah. particularly in the last couple of years. Yeah. But previously had maybe not a reputation for supporting the type of work that you want to make. Um, so, you know, there'd be little punts in terms of like, um, and, you know, the county council funding uh, yeah. uh, bodies and stuff. They'd be more akin to letting people experiment that way. Yeah. But it must, back then, it must have felt as if... You know where where do I go with my work? Yeah, like n n the stuff I'm making is not being funded. Yeah, and it was difficult as well because I don't think I've ever come up with an idea that doesn't have some manner of like complicated Swissle effects <laughs> at the at the heart of it. Right. So, you know, the funding required for that obviously is uh, you need a reasonable amount of funding, yeah. and um, yeah, and I guess I just wasn't savvy enough when I came out of college to. To I guess work make that work, you yeah. know. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it, and it was tough. Yeah, I, like Conor McMahon was the only person I knew that was making that made horror films in mm -hmm. Ireland. Um, and I was I'm friends with Conor and friendly with Conor. I was friendly with Conor back then, but like that was literally the only person. And you know, he was he got the first Catalyst, but even straight after that, he was struggling to try and get the next one done. And you know, it, it all just ends up taking years and years and years. <laughs> and as you say, they're much much better now much more open to genre stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I still, you know, a, a lot of the films that are made are still primarily drama and straight drama just doesn't have the same, I love watching it. Mm -hmm. I just don't have it in me to make it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a different way of working. There's no yeah. better, there's no worse. I mean, I, you know, um, as an actor myself, I mean, I love watching stuff that I normally don't get to work in because it's a com it's complete escapism. Yeah. You know? I mean, is it, is it a case for you that you like to sit down and watch, like, you know, hard-hitting dramas about kidnapped children or fucking, I don't know, like something, or, you know, arthouse Danish cinema? Or yeah, I like watching, like, last night I watched um, an arthouse Swedish movie. It was a comedy. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, li I mean, I like watching uh, challenging movies, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I both like watching escapism, but I also think movies are art, and I want something that challenges me and makes me think about things um and then i'll also be like you know oh it's a great b movie this sounds bananas <laughs> this sounds insane i want i need to watch this you know i'm equally as excited about all of it right. um is this where we talk about rawhead rex 
I've actually it? never seen Rotted Rex. Strangely, no, and and it's I know it's a. You've heard, you've heard about it. Don't yeah, you yeah, it's a Clive Barker movie, a Clive Barker script, I believe. Yeah, it's the most ridiculously wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a link. I, I, found, yeah. I found it online. Um, what kind of state do you think Irish film and TV is in at the minute? And obviously, it, you know, it's in the, it's it's immobile at the moment. But yeah, in general terms, it seems to be. I mean, it, it's it seems to be pretty. It, it it's in a far more interesting state than it was, I think, um, even like ten years ago, and yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, the genre, the kind of like openness to genre, is definitely welcome, mm. but equally, you know, I think there's there just needs to be a balance found with it as well, because uh, an awful lot of the kind of quote unquote genre stuff that's been made is is you know again people saying elevated genre. Mm. And and I don't like that phrase because it's like there's no thing as elevated horror. There's like good films and bad films that happen to be horror films. Yeah. Um, so you know there still seems to be a slight snobbishness about it. And the great thing about like even in what is it uh, like ten years or nine years since I've left college, accessibility to to like high quality cameras to high quality editing equipment you know the the ability to go out and make something that looks polished that is you know of broadcast quality is is you know completely accessible to a lot more people mm -hmm. than it was even when you know when i was in college we the digital thing was just happening but it was still on tape and then it had just kind of the dslr stuff had just come in you know you look back at it now it looks horrible yeah yeah yeah, it's really you know, although it's pixelated like crazy and all the blacks and all that type of stuff. It's, it's like, yeah, oh, it's not it's not a fun thing to watch. No, absolutely not. But it but it's again there seems to be a lot more choice now in our cinema in terms of like how you want to express yourself and how you want to you know what kind of movie you want to make, which is you know was sorely lacking and needed. Yeah, well, I think you know that you know film school you know, etiquette of write what you know. Yeah, is slowly starting to be dismantled. Um, in a really healthy and positive way. Yeah, and I, I, and I also think that right what you know thing is is misunderstood. I mean, you know, you can you you when you're writing, say for instance, like American Werewolf in London, is <laughs> John Landis writing what he knows, but what he knows is, you know, heartbreak, and he knows what a breakup feels like. He knows what like it's like the tragedy of like a love story, so he's putting all that into it. And then all the other stuff is obviously the fantasy, but the right what you know, I think, is just the emotional core of the movie. It doesn't, you know, again, get rid of Write what you're versed in, you know? Yeah, just write, you know, just make sure you're putting some human, human feeling into it. <laughs> yeah, some empathy. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, what, uh, so what, what did you get up to after you, when you, you, you worked in art department for a while? Yeah. Obviously, you know, unintentionally maybe, or was it intentional learning the ropes in terms of the type of work you wanted to? To do. Did you ever kind of, did you ever give up in a way and think, okay, well, this is what I'm going to be doing now? No, no, I, I, I so it was calculated. It wasn't calculated necessarily, but it was, um, I got an opportunity to, to get a, 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 an internship in, on this feature film um, doing art department. And I'd done art department before and I really enjoyed it. Um, um, and I'm quite crafty in that way. So it was, it was an, a nice fit and I like, I like being challenged constantly, and art department's a, a great kind of, you know, school of MacGyvering. 
because um, you're constantly just, you know, being like, we need this and this thing and we need a sign and we need some signage that's, here. You know, that's going to be your quote now for the podcast. <laughs> I love art department. It's the school of MacGyvering. It really is, though, but it's, and it's fun. I love doing that stuff. I love that's why I like special effects as well. I like and miniatures and stuff like that. I like um, I kind of like the artifice sometimes with movies or like the, the fakeness of it. I love making making something fake be something real. Yeah, it's the magic trick, right? Yeah, I love the magic trick aspect of it. I yeah, love it. It's it's the sorcery of it. But I but I did that and and basically that was like a second film school because okay. all of a sudden I'm on set. I'm seeing how people you know act uh, actors work with directors, how directors work with actors, how directors work with crew. I am a crew member, so I know mm-hmm. what it feels like to be a crew member. I know what it feels like to be in the bottom rung of the ladder. So I, you know, I'm also storing up some empathy to be like, don't be. You know, yeah. don't be mean to, to don't be that to, director type. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, but then I, I I realized that I was kind of I was starting to make a living at it, mm-hmm. and I was like, Ugh, if I don't get out of this now, I it'll be impossible to get out of it in a couple of years time. So I decided to just cut it and cut my lot, just leave, mm-hmm. and set up your own company. Set up my own company and do do uh, yeah do corporate videos to keep the the wolf in the door. Um. I haven't seen a lot of your work, um, corporates and also the short now and knowing kind of how you work. I'm very interested to to know which comes first. Um, like, do you do you storyboard stuff or do you do that early or do you lead visually, or do you, um, and like do you, like is script, the thing, you know, first or do you get an idea and kind of you know throw everything into the pot and see kind of where you go from there yeah i'm 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 a big talker so i'm i'm usually i have an idea and i'll talk it out with like one or two friends okay. who will kind of will toss ideas back and forth um sometimes i draw yeah sometimes i'll draw like concepts of uh sometimes i'll storyboard rare i i for someone who can draw, I, I find storyboards tedious, but I'm trying to get better at them because <laughs> it's it's it it because on set it makes more sense to me than reading a script. Mm-hmm. When I'm on set, I can I'm looking at the words going like, what did I intend to do here again? Or even shot list. Oh, it's that thing. Even yeah. a shot list. Sometimes I'm like, oh, what? what was yeah, yeah. The words quite literally take a like really intimidating form. Yeah. So I I'm for the next for the next one I'm storyboarding. I'm Conan Brothersing it storyboarding top to bottom every shot every frame of it i'm just storyboarding it yeah it's just, that's what um uh miller george miller did with, did for yeah yeah literally storyboarded it like walls and walls and walls. yeah and it kind of makes sense i think it makes sense like they do a lot of um contemporary animation kids animation now is is not written it's just storyboarded so the writers and the borders work together or quite often the borders are the writers because you know, especially in animation, it's such a, a visual medium. But I also think that, you know, yeah, it is important in, in film because uh, quite often or sometimes I think you just end up with, um, you know, films that are, that are uh, dramatically very satisfying and the actors are great and the performances are great. And then the camera work feels like you're watching a, a boring television show. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the camera is a character here. You, you know, you need to, to infuse it a bit with some sort of visual sense. Yeah, like a wasted opportunity. It's like, oh, if only like, yeah. you know, you know, not that the other department was pulling their weight, but if they had the freedom to yeah. experiment. Yeah, I think so. And also, and also, I just, you know, I think as well to 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 approach it that way, to approach it as like um, it's a visual medium. So like, 
you know, you, you have to give credence to the visuals. It can't just be we're going to park the camera and have the action. It's not theatre, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like you, you need to move your camera. The camera, the shot size, the shot position, it means something. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's not a it's not a static uh, sitcom. Yeah, it needs. Yeah, it needs to be brought to life. Um, how did uh, your current short? We can talk about kind of what you're up to next yep. uh, as much as you can. But uh, how did Rip to the Rescue kind of come about? It's fucking outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whose, idea, all, whose idea was it? It was all keen. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, he, he, he said he had an idea and a few pages of a script um, that he thought would suit. And we met over a pint and I looked at it and it was everything I was thinking about it at that moment. Because <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's genre, it's uh, comedy. It's, you know, sci-fi, it's all these American tropes, but it's in Ireland. So I, I, I always love that kind of, you know, I have no interest in making, just making a straight, like what I, what I would call like an American movie here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I want there to be some kind of weird culture clash. So it had all the culture clash stuff. Um, he literally had, you know, I mean, he had most of it mapped, most of it mapped out, but he had like, you know, this scene, this scene, and then he'd have a, a blank piece of paper with the line, you know, this kind of thing will happen here. <laughs> uh, so you got a sense of where the story would go. Yeah. Um, and it was nice coming on that side as that early as well, because, you know, I got to suggest jokes for stuff. So you um, felt like very part of the creative process. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, like it's it's 100 percent his script. Um, again, I would make suggestions as to jokes or, or, or talk. We talk through ideas, but, you know, I never there's no uh, dictating. You know, this is what the script needs to be. Or I think it, there's a wonderful sense of timing in it. Uh, I think visual comedy. One one thing about um a lot of American movies now is the art of visual comedy. Yeah, is dead. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, so yeah, like everything seems to be built around a gag, like like a, a verbal gag. Yeah, or a dirty word, or you know, I don't think there's enough build. I mean, if you look at any Peter Sellers work, for example. Yeah. You know, there's a joke, and then there's seven things going on around them. You know, there's it's 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 a big, massive mechanical process of comedy. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that's what you guys pulled off quite successfully. There's lots of little details happening constantly, yeah. and that proves how good the script is, the idea is, but also the direction as well and the production design. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, I mean that was a big a big thing. Where it's like you know I'm aware that like the script, the script only delivers so many jokes, and I was definitely. You know, because I have the art department background as well, I was definitely like, I'm going to hide jokes in the background that nobody will get, but they'll make me giggle. I'm going to hide jokes in the sound design. Nobody will get them. They'll make me giggle. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that kind of stuff. Try try to make, Edgar Wright's a big one for that. Like, he, you know, um, he's great at just using every single frame as an opportunity to tell a joke or hide a joke. or you Subtext. Know. Yeah. Comedic subtext everywhere. Yeah, it's incredible. Um. I think you did that really well. Um, so tell us about the kind of making of it. I'm, I'm really curious about this because I know it wasn't easy, was it? I mean, there was loads no. of back and forths and you did you, some crowdfunding involved as well, right? Yeah, we, we got... Um, so the, the bulk of the funding came from uh, Kildare, from the Shortcrest Films. Um, Lucina Russell down there in Kildare. Yeah, bravo, by the way. We really love the uh, regional funding bodies. Uh, they really help. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And... Um, yeah, and she she was fantastic. Like I mean, I, you know, I guess her role was executive producer technically, but um, she was very helpful, very um, supportive of us. Like there was never any kind of uh, question of 
here's the money now, come back with a finished film. It was all very like hands on. Can I help? What, what can, can I do? What can I do for you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was difficult. We 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 got uh, that tractor funding, and then we did a few fundraising, crowdfunding thing, and a quiz and stuff like that. So we ended up raising, I think, about sixteen thousand. Wow. Um, so like, mo- which most of it, to be fair, came from like twelve and a half. The Kildare fund is twelve and a half. Yeah. And then, you know, set about finding this, the places and... Was it very much a case of, yay, we have this money, and then it's like, oh no, it's not enough? Um, it's never... Is it ever enough? It kind of goes back to the art department thing. I enjoy the challenge of it. So <laughs> it's like, it's not enough for what the ambition of the short is, right. but that's fine. Because <laughs> I enjoy the challenge of it. It's what we have. There's no point griping a bitch about it. Yeah. It's what we have. And it's, you know, it's more money than it's more money than I had last year for making shorts, which was no money. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's fine. And, you know, the script was like it's three characters in a in a relatively lockdown location. Um, but I was absolutely determined that it was going to be, you know, it was going to look good and it was going to kind of have all the silly kind of things that I wanted. So I wanted to look good. I wanted the costumes to be good. Um, and we kind of, yeah, I won't say we looked out. We did look out a bit. Uh, I just basically, for the locations, I just went on to uh, Google Maps because we got the funding at Kildare. I was like, just went on to Google Maps, Kildare, satellite view, and just spent the day just <laughs> basically, yeah, and putting dropping pins where I'm like, oh, that looks like an abandoned warehouse. We might be able to shoot there. That looks, you know, whatever. Got maybe five of them together, sent them on to Lucina. Here, can you get me contacts for these? If you if you know anybody, um, we ended up seeing a hotel in just outside, between Nace and Newbridge. Um, that is this giant hotel that never <laughs> opened because ne- ne- never opened because NAMA took it because it because cra- it, it was built during the crash but it wasn't finished right. or built before the crash but it wasn't finished by the time, by the time the crash came so it never opened it was massive Jesus. and I met the current well who was then the current owner of it walked around he was a very very nice man walking around this entire abandoned hotel I was straight up about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to get, you know, did he, did he tell you that you've always been there, Mr. Baggett? Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, it was, there, Mr. it was very, very, yeah, it was quite a spooky. And I, I mean, I was in like the, you know, we shot it in the, in the upstairs rooms that were not finished. So it's all in the, in the roof basically of this hotel. Um, and you can very easily like get lost there. The, the plan, the plan at the time, I don't know if they followed through in this. The plan at the time was to make it into a mini studio, film, mm. film studio. Like that's how big it was. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And um, so we walked around and he was he was very nice. And I told him, I was like, look, you know, can we put stuff up on the walls? Can we like take down doors? He was like, do whatever you want, because the place was had been ram like uh, broken into and like ripped apart. So he he literally was like, you're not going to be able to do anything worse than what's already (laughs) been done to it. So do what you want, because just don't burn it down. Yeah, because he was like, basically, if we get the money together to open this up again, like we're going to have to rip it and renovate it anyway. So that was great. And uh, so that was a big kind of like, um, that was one big uh, kind of win that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave it to us for nothing, which was fantastic. He was like, just insure, make sure you're insured. Okay, yeah. Um, but everything else, like, it's fine, and which was very generous of him. He didn't need to be, because again, I was like, look, we can we, we can afford to pay for it, but we can, it's very little. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know. 
they love the movies though you know people love helping out they love oh, yeah. involved which is I mean yeah. if you have a good producer they'll absolutely exploit that in people <laughs> yeah yeah no completely and I mean you know I do think it's very important uh, because I've definitely been you know adjacent to things where it's like oh no no don't tell them the truth we'll, we'll keep you know it, we'll keep that from them in case they say no kind of thing yeah. and that's all fine if nothing goes wrong but if somebody gets hurt I, you know, I've seen people get hurt and I'm just not about that game. So mm. I was like, no, he's going to know exactly what my intentions are. And then he can say no, because if he says no, I can walk away from that and find something else. Mm -hmm. But if it's a, you know, if it's a yes, but it's on, but I'm on eggshells for the entire time. I'm like, I just yeah, move on. Yeah. Try to take the circus to another town. Kind um, of so we got lucky there. And then the two cast members, the two women, Rose, who plays Mammy, was always in my oh, head. Amazing. And she immediately said yes which was lovely and then uh, Claire Monnelly yeah I was I had another person in mind and actually Keen was working with Claire on something and Claire was like and told her about the script Claire's and, great like, she's amazing like am amazing but she sent me a tape and I was like oh yeah you know yeah you send me a tape that's fine like I'm kind of looking at this other person I think they're probably right and um, she sent me a tape and I was like oh Amazing. No, no, she got it. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, the other person was was incredible. Also, I'm not saying they weren't, but it, Claire just like immediately nailed it, and I was like, no, that's we found we found our Eva. It's fine. It's great that uh, you know people can change their mind like that, right? It. I mean, it's so exciting. Like when an actor does that as well. Like it's fuck. Yeah. yeah. And then and then Rip. Um, we were back and forth about who we'd cast, and I was fairly adamant that I didn't want to cast an Irish actor because I was like, he he needs to be. You know, he that square jawed American hero. Yeah, he needs thing. to be a cartoon, like, mm -hmm. and you're just not going to get an Irish person to to it'll it'll feel false. Mm -hmm. So we actually thought about we approached Rob Delaney, um, who uh, turned us down very nicely, you know, in in a nice way. But uh, I think at the time as well, he was going through like some personal tragedy. So, oh, yeah. um, and my my girlfriend at the time, um. Erin uh, McGathy was in the improv scene in, in LA and she said oh you know I've got this person I think he'd be perfect and we reached out to him and he said yeah it's great so we paid for his flights put him up on our uh, me and her moved into a horrible Airbnb and put him up in our nice calf <laughs> and uh, and he yeah he was an absolute champ like but he literally landed and then did the film and then what was his name? Uh, Ryan Stanger Ryan Stanger so he literally Ryan to the rescue but yeah yeah, and and he did because um, uh, that was the year the hurricane hit. We shot in twenty seventeen, yeah. and the hurricane, the first hurricane to you know, make landfall in Ireland, knocked the whole day of our schedule. Like it landed right in the middle of our schedule, Fuck of our shooting, um, and we didn't have any time because Ryan's going back to LA on whatever day it was Thursday at three o'clock. He needs to be on a plane. So we shot like Thursday morning. You know, the hurricane hit Wednesday, so the insurance company were like, if you leave the house today we're not covering you so we were like right it's not happening um <laughs> yeah no 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 it was no 100 percent was like again i was like no my film i want to make this film no one's getting hurt it's not worth it mm -hmm. so it was literally like we just hold off and made made a plan so everybody's at home on wednesday and then so he was meant to have like thursday off we were to shoot wednesday and he is thursday off but we asked everybody to come back on thursday morning instead we got maybe five hours and then like a one o'clock we're like, all right, he has to go, bummed him into a car. He got changed out of his costume in the car Jeez. as the car is like tearing to Dublin Airport from Nace. <laughs> so it was literally like to the wire. 
Um, and I had to just plan out. It was, you know, you won't, you won't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm spoiling it by saying this, but like there's five people playing Riff in that film. Um, oh, there's a lot of, st- cause, yeah. cause we don't, I'm literally going like, where do we need Ryan? I just need one or two shots per, per the scenes we don't have to mm-hmm. sell him, you know, so with his face right there and then, you know, lots of hands and shoulders it's, or other people. It's not noticing. I know. I'm. Always, I think it's. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, because I, 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 it's always just a little giggle. I'm like, there's that's my hand, and then that's this other person, and then the Jim, the Jim Cameron hand shot kind of thing. It's the best. It's like it's what movies are all about. Smoke uh, mirrors. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then didn't you? Did you have to go back and get some pickups and stuff? You go back twice, yeah, because we we ended because we lost Ryan. See, it's not all. Uh, Red carpets and velvet curtains, folks. It's a lot of hard work and yeah. a lot of unexpected, and a lot hardship. of time. Fuck me, a lot of time. Like we shot, we shot it in, I think it was twenty seventeen, and like we finally finished it in February of twenty nineteen. And you did the majority of the special effects, right? Um, on, I got team? no. I got. I got. Um. I I went to the IDT grad show, uh, and found this um young woman called Sarah Murray. And I was really impressed by her miniature work, and I asked oh. her to do it. Um, and then there was a uh, another guy um, who had done these really cool creature effects, and I asked him to do a, a creature first. Um, and but you I supervised did, it all. Though. Yeah, I sh- well, I shot it. I shot it all. So and yeah, and I I did the sketches and drew up the kind of stuff. And um, so yeah, it was a nice amalgam of you know my idea and their idea. And yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it's fun though. I mean, again, like miniatures I, and and creatures. That's all I want to do. Just <laughs> miniatures and creatures. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Um, yeah. So it's re- like it's great to see if you know number one, you know, doing the, the festival rounds, which is incredible. Yeah. But it it must be awfully hard as a director to see your film pop up at various festivals and you're sitting in your gaff going, you know, because you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. About uh, you know, I was making toast or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Someone told me I won. You know. Yeah. Does it destroy the the um, experience of not being able to be there, even just to meet the people and talk about your film or their films? Or I guess I got lucky mm-hmm. because you know you released it last year, so it's kind of on. It's almost on. It's like it's on its second wind now. Um, mm-hmm. it's first. The first screening was in Galway last year, yeah. and we won um, best cinematography at that. So like I got the you know I got to be there to see it in an audience. My my family came and saw it, so that was lovely, and um you know I got to share that time over pints. And I got those pints, oh pints, pints. Yeah, with um you know with all my peers and and uh, with the rest of the crew and cast, and uh, that was lovely. So you know I have a little bit of it, and then I was in Kerry last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there is something nice about seeing it in an audience, but then there's also something interesting about how you know now these it feels like the festivals are a little more open because you know i wouldn't be able to afford the time or the money to go to all these festivals um so it's easier to be able to go like i'll happily spend the money on a program or put money on a a festival uh you know the whole festival ticket Mm -hmm. if all i have to do is if i can make you know my cup of tea or you know crack a beer and just sit on the couch and you know, I watch them on telly. I don't I like. Think, yeah, of course, and engaging it in the in the in the right way. Yeah. It, I, I think. Do you think? I think that it uh, it's all festivals, regardless of what the new normal is. Yeah. Are ob- obliged by the success of how on onla- the on onla- some some of the online yeah. festivals have went. 
I think they're obliged to make that content available to reach the widest audience. Yeah, I think it's forevermore. Yeah, I, I believe. I think it's here to say that that you know the only reason it wasn't it the only reason it it had any kind of like it wasn't um, a viral option before was if I screen here, you know, and all of a sudden in North America, you can you can watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a festival in North America is like, well, why would people pay money to watch your film mm-hmm. at my festival if they can just watch it online for free or if they can just go to pay one festival? And, you know, so it's all about, you know, there's different markets and it's I understand why people kind of do it. Um, well, it's the premiere status as well and all that kind of. Gets yeah, lost. yeah. Or chips get thrown up in the air. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I do think, you know, I do think it opens it up to, to people. I think, I, you know, what, I, what I'm hoping will happen is kind of a blended version where, you you know, cine kind of like crazy people like me will get up at 10 o'clock in the morning and with a massive hangover and go watch. Yeah, as, as would I. Shorts. And, and, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm, I want to see it on the big screen. That's yeah. the way it's supposed to be seen. But, there, you know, for whatever reason, usually there's points involved. Yeah. If you can't get to a screening for whatever reason at yeah, a festival yeah. or, or if you just have to go and something's on that night, the idea yeah. of being able to access it in some way, even for a short period of time, obviously they need to, like, the security issues there that need yeah. to be sewn up to make that happen. But, but I think a lot of them it have has worked. to happen going forward. I and I think a lot of them have worked that out now because they've had to. Um, you know, it's nice to think that like my extended family could watch my short because they're not going to be able to make it to Galway. Like my immediate family came, mm-hmm. but had to, you know, cancel plans. And, you know, like people have lives. Um, so it's nice that they could go like, oh, we'll, we'll pay for the ticket and we'll watch it later tonight or we don't have time tonight, but we'll, we'll get to it tomorrow. Because you usually get about 48 hours on these things. Mm-hmm. So I do think like, yeah, I think it'll hopefully open it up to a lot more people. Yeah, I mean, absolutely pay for play for these things. You yeah. know, pay for the content that you're watching. Oh, yeah, no, completely, yeah. But, you know, there should be two audiences yeah. forevermore going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, particularly with Cork and, and, and the Fla, who we work with on and off, um, have embraced that, and I think they've done a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, I think some lessons were learned in terms of, um, with the likes of Q&As and pitchings, uh, pitching, uh, Pitching competition at the Fla in particular, I was very impressed with this year. Yeah. Um, because surely the object of the exercise with something like this is the most possible no the, the, the highest possible number of people watching. Yes. Either your pitch or your film. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's yeah, what yeah. that's what filmmaking is about. You know, and, and, and restricting that in some way for the for you know, um for in a sense of elitism or, 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 or prestige associated with something, I think is a negative. I mean, the yeah. audience is key, right? It should be, in my opinion, going forward. Yeah, no, I think so. And, I, and again, I think it will be that thing. It will be that blended, you know, um, both aspects. Because mm-hmm. um, as you say, it is lovely to see it in, in a theatre, in a cinema, but also sometimes I just can't make it to a cinema. I, you know, again, everybody has a life that they have to mm-hmm. live as well. Um, I'm lucky enough, kids, I'm, I'm assuming people have kids it's even more difficult it's like i can't go to see your film at 11 o'clock on mm-hmm. a thursday morning party i'm sorry i have to bring my kids to school but if i have an access you know access to a link that i can pay for and i can watch it later and we can watch it together or you know it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more yeah open and better for an audience i think i think so i think that people deserve that they deserve the opportunity to engage with that media that content yeah um, whatever way they they feel as if they they can um what's up next for escape pod media and um we've a few things that we're 
producing, my production partner uh, is a person called Maggie Ryan. So between the two of us, we have, um, yeah, we have a few shorts that we're putting in for like the Virgin uh, Media Discovers. Um, yeah, six days to go, folks. I know, yeah. As of recording today, it's probably the deadline will probably be passed again. We put this out. But, yeah. Um, so and good luck to everybody who, who stuck something in. Um, you, so know, you know, in situations like this, when people are applying for stuff, um, they have to realize that, you know, decisions that are made on, on the projects that are selected are not always associated with the quality of the work, you know? No, of course. And also, you know, I, I did um, uh, a course through FNI, uh, or in association with FNI with Colin McKeown. Okay. And Colin had a very good point of like, you know, you have to kind of see it from the funder's point of view in terms of, uh, y- you know, you think your your script is the center of the world, but they're getting, you know, 150, 200 scripts. Their job is to turn them down, really, whether they know it or not, <laughs> because they have to whittle it down. So like any excuse to like go like, well, no, that's not, you know, because they they literally just need to, to whittle it down to whatever it is, like nine or ten. I can't remember what it is, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's great freedom in that because then you're not trying to second guess what they want. And it's like, just write the film you want to make, put it in. If they say no, then go then accept that and go like, well, that's fine. What's the next thing? I mean, the film that I want to make next is a short film called Harvester. It's a dark uh, comedy horror, and that's been rejected a few times. We got, you know, we've gotten like we got um, an interview with Offaly this year, got some really interesting feedback there. But, you know, it, it hasn't gotten over the line. So now I'm at the stage. And of that's like, OK. It's important yeah, to say, right? No, completely. And it's like, well, now I'm at the stage is like, well, that wasn't the film that was right for them at the time, but it's a film that's right for me still that I want to make. Um, so we're going to try and crowdfund it and make it ourselves, you know, so don't. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, the funding schemes are amazing. You know, we live. It's amazing to live in a country that we have access to this stuff, mm-hmm. but also you, you know, most people have the means to make a film if they have the, the will and the and the chutzpah to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had uh, Camilla uh, to dinner on recently, and she raised twenty grand, uh, you know, yeah. nineteen and a half grand for a for a for a short. Um, yeah, it can yeah. be done. Camilla's a force of nature. She was um, PM, I think, and and riff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's she great. Get stuff done. Yeah, but it's you know, and it takes. That's the thing. It like it takes. As I say, with Rip, it's like we shot it. Like it took two and a half years to get it finished. Yeah. But like, just it has to be done. You know, you just have to stick with it for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. We get. We will get there, Pop. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. No completely. Um, I I just think anybody. It, it's cliched, you know, to say these things like, oh, you know, any film that's completed is a success. Yeah. But in a way, it is. You know. By hook or by crook, yeah. getting it done and then having the, the common sense of knowing w- which one is a runner or not for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, and a great example is, um, you know, um, you know, a pal of, of ours submitted for funding with Screen Ireland um, and was rejected and then literally put the exact same package in the following year yeah. and got the funding. Yeah. You know, there are ways in. You should never give up. If you think it's good enough, it'll get made in some capacity. Yeah, completely. And, and if you have to let it go, you, you, you know, whether whether or not you're letting it go for good or letting it go for a short period of time yeah. or to focus on something else. I mean, are you a filmmaker who says, OK, I've, you know, I have a Google Drive full of several different ideas or, yeah. you know, a Moleskine diary or whatever. And it's like, OK, that's not for now, but that may be 
Yeah. Or, or will all, you know, three or four, a combination of different ideas become one thing down the line? Um, sometimes, rarely, rarely though, yeah. It's usually like I have a mm. bunch of different ideas that are kind of duking it out for my attention in terms of like <laughs> writing and developing and, you know, I'm a television show. You need to give t- loads of time to shut me. Up. Yeah, yeah. But I'm doing a short film now. I need to shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I rarely kind of blend them in because they're usually either fairly self-contained or also wildly, not wildly different, but they're kind of like, they're, they're not very compatible. Completely different worlds. Kind of yeah, stuff. they're not quite compatible. Um, how d- uh, which leads us to the question we kind of ask everybody that comes on. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with rejection? Um, what do you do to to stave off um, the byproducts of that type of negativity when it happens? How do you look after yourself? I... Well, I mean, how I generally look after myself is I go to, go to therapy <laughs> every week. No, generally, like, yeah, honest yeah. to God, I mean, I only start, I started doing it properly, like, weekly two, two years ago. It's an absolute game changer. Everybody should do it. Like, it's, that's how you, you know, that's how you take nothing personally, because you're just like, look, you know, I'm annoyed, and you can talk to somebody in there, like, they make sense of it for you, or well, they don't make sense of it for you, they help you make sense of it. Um, I don't know, I see it, I it, it, it all goes back to the, to that kind of like again art department philosophy of um i just see it as it's a game like the whole thing is 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 it's meant to be fun even if the stuff you're making is harrowing and like really heavy the actual like job that you do is doesn't have to be i don't i don't think um and rejection is yeah you just you see it it's not rejecting you personally just like the the project wasn't right at the time for the person that you submitted it to Mm -hmm. um I don't know, I just kind of take, it's like, okay, well, that's the game. It's like, so what's the next level? You know, yeah, you just yeah. take it and go like, okay, well, they, you know, this funding body doesn't doesn't want to make this group right now, but I still want to make it. So like, okay, we're going to, yeah, let's set up a, a crowdfunding or let's do it this way or let's approach this other person or, you know, just it's a game. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I get it. I just get really fucking good at that game. Yeah, but it's also exciting because it's a game then. You're like, all right, you know. It's like, oh, you lost the game t- today. It's like, that's fine. It's, there's a whole season. It's, we'll be grand. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of bounce back ability. Yeah. You know, in anybody, um, I think it's, you know, you'll see it because it's, I'm sure you've been, you've been around long enough and it's not your first rodeo. No. It's often the people that surprise you that hang in there and then get the opportunities, right? Yeah. And I've, like, I've been the person who got bitter about it. I've yeah. been the person who, you know, looked at the other the film that did get made and I was like, why is their film made? Their film was terrible. My film was genius. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that A, that's not true. But then B, it's like, it's not helpful. It's not helpful for me. It's not helpful for anybody. Mm-hmm. I just end up getting annoyed. My film's still not made. And now I'm annoyed. And so you're a little like, bit of an ulcer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now I'm just like, that's fine. And yeah, and sometimes I do do that where it's like, okay, well, this film... Uh, or this script or this idea is, you know, has run out of steam for me personally at this moment. Uh, the good ones, you know, stay around. So like a year later, two years later, six months, whenever later, you it kind of pops back into your head and you're like, oh yeah, and you get really excited about it. Um, I definitely think it's, it's more worthwhile, um, you know, having a few different ideas that you're, you know, you can just follow your kind of like passion on um, rather than having this one thing. Like you're putting all your eggs in one basket. It can work out, but I think it's very rare. It's probably mm-hmm. more likely that 
if you have a bunch of little things um, that you can you know dedicate some time to each of them and yeah. continuously develop them, then you know it, hopefully you get a break. And if you get that one break, then you're like, well, I got this other thing, and you got look this. All, look at those other balls I was juggling. Yeah, yeah. I often use that metaphor of the you know spinning plates. You yeah. Know, it, it is a case of kind of keeping everything moving at the same time. Yeah. And then it, hopefully, you know, n- not the fine china won't fall and smash all over. Yeah. It. And I think the most, I mean, for me personally, the most important thing is like, I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know, there's no point. I don't see the point, again, for me personally, in trying to be calculating about it. I don't see the point in being like, I think this is the kind of, again, film that want, that they're going to make um, and trying to, you know, I know use some secret formula to write something or make something. I have to be excited about it. If I'm not excited about it, if I'm excited, if I'm not excited about it, and, and you know the other and the funder is, I don't want to make it. it doesn't matter. You can keep, you can keep the money. I'm not going to make a good film. Just mm. give it to somebody who's excited. Yeah, it'll get idea. made. But yeah. you know, let, let, you know, let them be the, you know, the the Steven Spielberg of that ship. Yeah. You know that kind of childlike enthusiasm. If, yeah. If you don't have that. You shouldn't be kind of doing it's, that, I guess. It's a fucking slog. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not hard in terms of, like, you're not down the mines, but, like, you've got to stick with it and hang on to it for, you know, weeks and months of mostly, if not completely free, time and labour. Mm-hmm. So... Being patient with yourself and being kind to yourself and others, right? No, totally, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it does get easier, though, doesn't it, when you're around long enough? You know, when you're around a while, it's like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I can accept this now the way it works and like you said the game and go okay I'm yeah gonna, i'm not going to win this round maybe i'll get the next and, and, it's, and it's okay and especially when you actually look at it like sometimes it's good to kind of just look at the people that you admire um i always think like looking at the people you admire in two ways because quite often the people that you admire are, you know, are more than likely uh, american mm-hmm. so you have to remember that america has a you know an industry that you can kind of you can move to LA and you can maybe get involved that way, mm-hmm. whereas we do not have that industry like that. Um, the the money that that industry has, and even in that regard, like you know, that's a massive, still a massive chance you're not going to get anywhere over there. But that's one thing. It's like you know, don't stop comparing yourself to uh, your favorite American um, cinema heroes because their their lived experience of it is not the same as yours. Also, they're probably older and. The you know the again John Landis I remember somebody asking him at a at a conference once it's like can you give us any advice and he was like no the business is completely different to when I when I was coming up mm-hmm. it's like I could give you advice but it's not applicable mm-hmm. so I think that's one thing it's like you know there's no need to look to other people for advice in terms of how to get started in your career look to them for inspiration and how to make your art and how to make the films you want to make. Mm-hmm. But like the career stuff, I think every generation needs to figure that stuff out, you know, by themselves because how the door opens is Pad- never the pa- same way. Yeah, yeah, paddle your own canoe. Yeah, because, it, it, you know, what worked for you is not, it might not work for me because the, the rules might have changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and the blessing of, uh, I suppose, lear- learning by other people's mistakes is, 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 probably applicable in, in those situations too i mean yeah you know being boxing clever and, and understanding how everything works and being kind is probably the most important thing going forward i think for any filmmaker isn't it i think so and I, I, the big thing like i said before like the big thing for me was when i was working on sets mm-hmm. i was doing you know a lot of it was unpaid work unfortunately because that's just 
you know, there's just not an awful lot of money. Um, but that taught me, again, taught me humility because I'm a crew member. It taught me uh, this is how a set is run. It taught me, you know, I saw things that I disagreed with. I saw things that I was like, oh, I'm going to put that in the in the back pocket for how I want to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess essentially like an apprenticeship or a mentorship scheme. And I think especially if you're a director, it's it's. I think I just think it's very important to be a crew member for at least one or two uh, films so that you get a sense of what it's like to be, yeah. you know, like there's no, there's nothing worse than like when I was working in our department on stuff where you just see like a bad decision be made or the thing wasn't quite up to scratch and you're still busting your bollocks making mm-hmm. it and you're like, why am I busting my bollocks <laughs> though? Because it's not, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. this is not going anywhere. <laughs> Do you think it's important to say you don't know when you don't know something in this game? Oh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's like, I don't know, but I'm I'm open to learning about it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Or, you know, the other, I mean, I'm also guilty of saying, you know, uh, can you do this? And I'm like, of course. (laughs) Uh, And then going like YouTube and figures how to make film. (laughs) (laughs) But there is an element of kind of, uh, you can understand that kind of exuberance and and masterful bullshitting technique because you will find out. What you're answering by that is saying, I don't know, but I'll find out. Yes. Be vulnerable, I think, is the the thing. That's what I've learned the last while. Like, don't, do not be afraid to be vulnerable. Especially, again, especially as a director, you're working, you know, one of your main jobs as a director is to work with actors and actors their job is to be vulnerable for you and with you mm-hmm. and i think you know the very least you can do is is reciprocate it um and go like you know you guys are are really like exposing yourself here mm-hmm. i'm in it with you here's a little here's some exposing you know, <laughs> you know I, I, that's that's worded poorly but you, yeah, you yeah, but I, you know what i, I mean i know exactly what you mean it's just just showing them a little bit of uh, not sympathy but empathy understanding 100 percent yeah uh, you know and encouragement more so yeah i think so yeah and just exactly and and just you know don't treat them like movable props and mm-hmm. and see uh, you know be open to the gifts that other people will give you and just be like i have this idea and you're like mm, sounds bananas but let's give it a go and then it works and you're like great we'll take that yeah um we could chat all day yep. um but we can't yep. uh thank you very much for your time no worries, thank you great, great having you join the uh um, the catalogue of wonderful filmmakers and creatives that have come on the show so far um, continued success thank you so and I hope it, uh, the next thing is, is is just as interesting and as entertaining as the last yeah so yeah thanks very much and I'd say we're hopefully going to have a, a crowdfunding link so uh, if you want to check that out yeah yeah let us know and we'll uh, at when when that happens and we'll we'll push it out for you and help you through it if I know um, thank you thank you so much thanks, thanks man